You're listening to Forecast, the marketing podcast for professional services leaders. If you're looking to generate more leads, win more deals, and take your firm to the next level, this show is your shortcut. Hey there, folks. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Ahmed Munawar, and I've got Michelle Evans joining us today for a conversation around Facebook advertising. We're going the other way now. In our last episode, we talked to Mark Mawini about how to generate leads and attract clients without paid advertising. And in that episode, if you haven't heard it, Mark shared a viable path to generating leads, attracting more of the right clients without spending a dime on advertising. And that's a viable path. But there's a flip side to that argument. And it's that if you are a higher volume business and you need to generate more leads, and you don't wanna be reliant on organic traffic to do so, you want some more predictability and how you generate leads and how many you can generate in a specific time frame. then it's really hard to ignore paid advertising and it's really hard to ignore Facebook advertising in particular. So in this episode, Michelle Evans is going to demystify for us the Facebook advertising opportunity we're going to get into the high level opportunity, who should be advertising on Facebook, but also get into some of the nitty gritty details of what your Facebook advertising campaign should look like. Show notes are going to be at forecast.fm slash Evans. That's forecast.fm slash E-V-A-N-S. Now, before I let you go, in our last episode back at the end of December, I made an offer to get on the phone with some of you one-on-one -on -one for a strategy call where we could talk about what are your goals for 2019? What are your challenges that you're experiencing right now in your business? And how can we turn those challenges into opportunities and get some better results for your business in the coming year? And let's just say you've taken me up on the opportunity because my calendar is bursting at the seams. I mean, I am just booked solid with conversations this month. I don't even have that much time to begin with, with all the client calls that I have. But now I'm talking to a lot of you and it's been a ton of fun. We've gotten some really amazing breakthroughs for people on these calls. I've got many of them still coming up. And I wanted to put it out to you that if you still want to get on the phone with me, to have that conversation, to do a deep dive into your strategy for 2019, to attract more of your ideal clients, to raise your fees, to make a profile for yourself in the industry and start getting the kind of results that you deserve to get for your business, then there are still a few opportunities to get on my calendar before the month of January comes to an end. And I can't tell you how many are left. I can't even promise you that there are opportunities left. It really depends on when you hear this and when you go to book a call. But if you want a chance of grabbing a slot, go ahead and head over to forecast.fm slash talk. That's forecast.fm slash talk. Hopefully there are still some slots available. Go ahead and book your session and we will talk then. With that said, here is Michelle Evans. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Ahmed. So get us started by telling us the quick Michelle Evans backstory. Ah, the quick backstory. Well, you know, back in um, 2011, I was um, I was at Microsoft. I was leading global marketing at Microsoft, some global marketing initiatives at Microsoft. And I had my third child and I just said, you know what? <laughs> I really want to just go out on my own. Like, I just want to have more control over the work I do, the people I work with and all that stuff. 
And so in early 2012, I decided to make the big scary leap. And I left my cushy job and I went out into the wild, wild world of self-employment and consulting. And I, I don't know about you and your listeners, but you know, when you make that jump, it can be kind of crazy to go from a predictable paycheck to like, okay, now what? Right? Yeah. And you're underselling it for sure. <laughs> kind <laughs> yeah. of crazy. It's putting it lightly. Yeah. Well, and I had, since I knew that I wanted to make this leap, I lined up a lot of consulting gigs before I left my job. And I thought that I had done a good job. Like I had enough contracts lined up that I pretty much replaced my salary. But what I didn't realize is that I had to take into account like the leg and getting paid, <laughs> like uh, just all these things of having to chase down POs and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, this is a whole different skill set. And then, um, you know, just, just, just learning how to manage myself and my time and just setting up boundaries with clients and just all that stuff was, was a really um, different skill set for me. And because I was so worried about not making enough money, because I was going from a pretty solid six figure salary to, you know, the, the wild, wild unknown of <laughs> entrepreneurship, I basically would say yes to anything. So I said yes to um, coaching. I said yes to consulting. I said yes to like one-off projects. And so as a result of that, like I was, I, I didn't have just one kind of work that I was doing. All of a sudden I went from like one boss to like 30 bosses. And it was insane. Did, have you ever done that where you just all of a sudden are like, oh my gosh, I have so many people who want things from me that I feel like I am a prisoner to my desk. Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty typical, right? What I hear a lot from people that I talk to and clients and colleagues is when I first left, I just kind of, I put up my shingle and I said, hey, you know, I can help you <laughs> with with whatever. And I think, you know, especially in your role, you know, head of marketing at Microsoft, you did a lot of different things, I'm guessing, had a lot of different varied skill sets and I'm curious to hear, like, how did you how did you even begin to focus that when you went on on your own? That was actually one of the hardest things for me. Um, and like, I wasn't the head of all marketing at Microsoft. I, I just headed s certain things there. But I kind of functioned as an internal consultant at Microsoft. And and as part of that, like, basically, I was a problem solver. I would go into, um to campaigns, to teams, to whatever that weren't functioning right. And I would figure things out. And so you're right. I, I had this huge, broad skill set. And it was really hard when people said, what do you do? And I would say marketing. They're like, well, what, is that? what does that even mean? Yeah. And, and for me, it was like, oh, well, I'm just going to do whatever needs to be done as an employee. Right? And I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. But but as but as a business owner, if I approach my business like that, I, I literally just made myself crazy because I didn't have a solid approach to anything. So I, I can't I couldn't give every single client that same kind of undivided attention that I could give when I was an employee. I needed to have systems and approaches so that I could 
you know, quickly solve things for clients instead of having to, you know, spend 10, 15 hours trying to go through a problem, figure out a solution. Like I just couldn't do that because people didn't have those kinds of budgets. You know, they weren't paying me as a full-time employee. They were paying me to quickly get something done. And so, um, and so I, I figured out pretty quickly, like I need to focus in on what kind of marketing am I doing? And more specifically, what kind of problems am I looking to solve for my clients? And what kind of problems are people wanting to hire me for? Like, what do I really love working on? And what is it that people are really looking to me to solve for them? And so what did that, what did that process look like? Did you just kind of wake up one morning and decide I'm going to do this now? Or was it trial and error? How did that work? Tons of trial, tons of trial and error. I don't think I actually could have ever thought my way into what my business was. My business has undergone a number of iterations as I've as I've gotten clearer and clearer and clearer on the value that I provide, on what I really love to do, on where I can really get my clients great results, and also on what people are wanting. Um, and so, you know, when I first started, I was doing, um, consulting work and I was doing, um, career coaching, which came kind of from some of the stuff I was doing at Microsoft is basically taking stuff I was doing from Microsoft and just putting my, my own name on it. Right. And then I let career coaching go pretty fast, but I kept doing the consulting. And then as I was doing consulting, you know, I'd get into a project and be like, I really don't like that. Or I really did not enjoy that piece of work. Or I love that work. What was it that I loved about that? And I would just get clearer and clearer. And so pretty soon, the stuff that I didn't like, I would say, you know what? I'm really not doing that anymore. Here's somebody else that I'm going to refer you to. And I just got really clear on my message. But it really was through a process of trial and error and me getting really clear with myself and saying, you know what? There's, there's lots of work out there. I just need to be really clear on who I am, what I what I can deliver, and how I want to um, really run this business. Like I don't have to be a victim, or I don't have to just be like waiting for somebody to come after me. I can be really proactive in getting out there and messaging what I do and what I'm about, and be really really um, intentional about creating the brand around my my company and who I am. So that I'm attracting the right kind of clients for myself as well. So I think that's a good segue into our conversation today on Facebook ads. How did yeah. you how did you first stumble across Facebook ads as a as an advertising strategy? Well, so when I first left my job, I mean, I was really, really leaning heavily on my network, you know, my LinkedIn network and just people that I knew. And from that, you know, I got a lot of word of mouth referrals, right? But after a while, those word of mouth referrals, either um, it wasn't the kind of work I wanted to do anymore, or maybe maybe they just didn't want to kind of pay the kind of money that I wanted to make or, you know, whatever. Um, so I, I knew that I needed to expand beyond just that network. And not to say that that's that word of mouth isn't great. It really is. But I wanted to be more intentional about the kind of people I attracted and how I went about attracting them. And so I started getting into Facebook ads early into 
in 2013 because I wanted a way to get out there and um, really get in front of the kind of people that I wanted to get in front of. I wanted to be able to test my message. I wanted to be able to test what people would respond to. I wanted a way to see, um, to see, you know, who's, who's excited about, you know, what I'm talking about or see what was a total dud. So if I put an ad out there and it didn't really get very much response that told me people really aren't that interested in it. Or if I put something out there that got a lot of response, I would know that's something that I really need to keep running with because people are really interested in that. And so it was just a really great way for me to get response instead of me just trying to constantly come up with, okay, what's the next thing, right? Absolutely. I want to make a statement that has been ringing in my head for a bit, and I want you to react to it. Real businesses run ads. Real businesses run ads. I think real businesses invest for sure. Um, and real businesses run ads. Um, I, you know, I would, I would agree because I think that it means that you are invested enough to put your message out there and to be bold and clear and intentional on where you're taking your business and what kind of conversations you're going to have with your audience. Um, I'm trying to think of a kind of business that wouldn't run ads. Um, cause there's different ways. I mean, Facebook obviously is not the only way to run ads. Um, but well, look, let, let me say this. Cause I, I yeah. think the, the more I think about what you just said, how in the early days, word of mouth was great, but it wasn't really finding you the right people and it wasn't intentional enough. I mean, the more I, I begin to believe that word of mouth is overrated. And I know that's a really bold statement. and I'm going to get in trouble for that. But let me substantiate it for a minute <laughs> because word of mouth is entirely passive and you're relying on other people, often your clients, to decide for you who you should work with. And yep. more often than not, they're wrong. Right. Because they don't know. They don't know your business the way you do. They don't know what you're looking for and so on and so forth. Advertising to me, the opportunity behind advertising is, like you said, to be very intentional and deliberate about who you want to work with and not just to get the message out there, but to actively attract the right people and repel the wrong people. Exactly. Uh, yes. And and I think it also really is a bold way of stating like I'm, I'm here and I'm committed and this is what I'm about. Um, and, and for me, I mean, we're in baseball season right now. My kids are in baseball season. Like it's the difference between catching or throwing, right? <laughs> I want to be in the position of being able to pitch something. Like I don't want to have to just be standing around waiting for somebody to throw something at me. Um, it's great if somebody does throw something to me and, and word of mouth is like a great bonus, I think, but I want to be out there pitching as much as I can. And I want to be out there creating as many opportunities for myself as I can, which is why I, which is why I was always so interested in Facebook ads, because again, like you don't have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars. I mean, I, I have one funnel that I built where each time I ran it, I, I attracted 
thousands of dollars of clients right away. And the last time I ran it, I spent less than a hundred dollars in Facebook ads. Yeah. I think, just, just, yeah, go ahead. I think that's the part that people miss, right? Is people think about Facebook ads and no, we're going to, we're going to debunk that a little bit right now, but people think, Oh, I'm just going to promote some videos and like, I'll be like some kind of viral celebrity in my niche, but how is that going to translate into revenue? But no, when you do Facebook ads, right. And you build funnels the way that you're going to teach us how is you'll know yeah. when I spend a dollar on Facebook ads, I make I make Y back. And as long as Y is, you know, more than a dollar, hopefully a lot more than a dollar, then you'll do that all day. That's right. Yeah. Or until your calendar's booked out and then you shut them off and you just wait until you want to get more clients. I mean, it's really, it's really that simple. And so for me, it's just being really intentional about running your business versus waiting for your business to come to you. Yeah. No, I love that. So listen, let's, let's jump into some kind of a framework now. Yeah. I'm a consultant. I'm a professional service provider, you know, small budget. You know, I'm not huge yet. I'm not doing millions of dollars, probably haven't advertised much at all. What is kind of your best advice to get my feet wet with small business, with uh, Facebook ads rather? Well, the first thing I always tell people is that uh, you need at least a basic marketing funnel to do Facebook ads. Um, and a basic marketing funnel is really simple. I mean, it can be, um, it can be as simple as a little, um, PDF or a little video or a little, whatever you want to give away that talks, that, that solves a little tiny problem. It can be maybe like an, uh, on the thank you page, it could be saying, Hey, you want to book a call to talk with me about this? And then it could be maybe a, a short series of emails. I mean, it can be super simple. It does not have to be an extensive um, marketing funnel, but it has, it has to be more than just an ad. Um, whenever I see somebody running just an ad to a cold audience, which means an audience that doesn't know you, that's like, you know, buy this or book a call with me, or I don't know, whatever, show up to this webinar. I'm like, Oh, it's, it's really hard to engage a cold audience, people who don't know you, to do something like that. You have to warm them up first. It's really important. And so I always say you have to have a basic marketing funnel. But once you have that, the framework for market, for Facebook ads goes like this. You start with some warm-up ads. And warm-up ads, I don't usually spend a lot of money on warm-up ads, but a warm-up ad could be um, a video. And, and I have to tell you, Ahmed, I have done tons and tons of videos or, or um, ads for people and, um, for myself and for many clients. And I've had clients who felt like they needed to have super high quality, really, really expensively produced videos done. And I always say, don't do it. Don't waste your money on it because just taking your phone and shooting a video on your phone or with your webcam on your on your computer will perform so much better than those highly produced videos. I promise you. I've tested it over and over and over again. Well, I, I can I can add some some proof to that as well. So I my kind of flagship video course I've been running for probably over a year now. It's called the Five P's of Lead Generation. And it's a five day video course. And initially, when I launched it on Facebook, it was. I took the intro video from the course, which I recorded in a, in a, in a professional studio with a professional video team. It was like really polished. Okay. Uh -huh. I, I put that up as a Facebook ad. And, uh, you know, it was not terrible. It was about $20 a lead. 
okay? Which is, I thought, kind of expensive, but not awful either. Now I'm running the same same course, the same ad uh, with a more of a cheap and cheerful kind of video I did in my office. And um, the quality's not great. The lighting's kind of funny, right? And I'm obviously not kind of as pitchy as I was in that first one. It's a little bit more natural. And um, and the cost is is less than half of what the initial one was. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. And here's the reason why. People go to Facebook to connect with people. And they don't want it to look like... They don't want it to look like it's overproduced. Yeah. They want it to look like almost like a friend um, or, or like somebody that they might want to know. And so, you know, I, and I've, I mean, I'm talking thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. I've tested this with over the last year with um, tons of clients and with myself too. It, it never fails the cheap and cheerful. I love that, (laughs) that you just gave it. it. It's so true. I mean, um, as long as they can hear you and see you, that's really what matters. Um, and so anyway, just having some warm up videos. And I used to say that you could do other content, but no more. Um, how Facebook has changed over the last few months, you really need a video at this warm ups phase. The reason is, is that you'll get in front of a lot more people and you'll get to see who's paying attention to your video. And that's really key because you don't need them to click on anything. You don't need them to like it. You don't need them to do anything other than watch your video. And what happens is that on the back end within Facebook, you can create these really special audiences that say, you know, make me a group of people who watch a certain percentage or a certain number of seconds of my video. And then you can go back and you can retarget them for the next phase. And retargeting simply means I'm going to say, all right, these, you know, 2000 people watched 50% of my video. They must be at least fairly interested in what I had to say. I want to go back and show them something else. And that is a great way to just hone in on who's interested in what you're talking about and to let the other people go or maybe just keep warming them up until they are interested in what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I love that. I think that's that's so important. I want to highlight that, make sure everyone understood that point. The mistake I think that people make here is they think, well, I didn't get a lot of likes or shares on my video, therefore it wasn't effective. And if I look at some of the videos I'm running now as these warm-up ads, I mean, I'm not going viral anytime soon, right? Uh, but at the same time, people are watching. I can see that. And that's how I'm measuring success. And I think that's what you're what you're trying to say. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, I... Um... It doesn't matter about those vanity metrics. In fact, a lot of times, um, a lot of times those are kind of falsely produced. You know, people will share out their ad links and ask all their friends and stuff to like them and share them and make comments and stuff. Um, That part doesn't matter as much as who actually is taking action on it. And that's what you really want to see is are the people, you know, are potential clients actually paying attention to what you're talking about? So give us a couple of more quick tips here. So warm up ads, you're saying it's got to be video. I couldn't agree more. And especially for our audience, right? Consultants, professional service providers, where you are the product, putting yourself out there is paramount. 
What yeah. you know? What kind of advice do you have on you know what to talk about in these videos, and maybe even frequency? Like, how often should I be putting out a new video? You know, if you do your Facebook ads, um, right? I usually have my clients start with three to five videos that we just kind of rotate through. So you can do one ad set and just have three to five videos to that one ad set, and then Facebook just serves them up over and over. Um, and then if you just want to add another three to five every month or so, pretty soon you'll have a good chunk of them that just go through because what it's, what you're doing is that you're constantly going out to a new audience. So you don't need a ton. Like when you get up to 10 to 15 videos, you've got enough because you're going to new people all the time there. And then once you um, start retargeting people, you take them out of that warm-up audience and you keep them in your retargeting audience so they don't keep seeing those same videos. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense to me. I want to make sure it makes sense to everybody else. So what you're saying is uh, put all your videos into one ad set and the reason per, per, per audience, I assume, right? Because when when you put them into one ad set for a particular audience, then they're not going to see – uh, like they're going to like Facebook is going to decide how to best serve those up for that audience. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So in the warm up stage, you only target people who don't already, who haven't interacted with you. So they're brand new to you. Um, or they've only interacted with you maybe in the last five days. And after that, they don't see those videos anymore. So you don't have to constantly be creating new stuff there, which is nice because then you're not, then you're not constantly having to create new stuff. You can create it once and then kind of let it run. And then you move to the next phase, which is the, the so you've warmed them up and then you take them into the offer them, you know, invite them in, right? You want to invite them to sign up for something with you. So that could be to sign up to download, you know, some strategy guide that you have, some free a piece of content that you have, uh, maybe watch a webinar. I don't know, whatever it is that that you do for um, for generating leads for yourself. But that's that's who you target as the people that you've already warmed up because they see your ad coming back. And they're like, oh yeah, I remember you know watching those videos or whatever. You're not a you're not a stranger in their newsfeed, and they're much more likely to click and engage on that ad. In fact, I, I, you know, for me and for my clients, we usually see at least a 60% opt-in rate on those um, click-throughs because people are like, oh yeah, you know, I already feel like I kind of know you and can trust you. And so when they click over to see whatever that free piece of content is that goes along with what those warm-up videos were, they're like, okay, yes, I'm going to opt in and I'm going to see what this is much higher opt-in rates than what you would see if you were to just go out to a cold audience who doesn't know you, where your opt-in rate would probably be less than five, less than 5%. Yeah. And again, we, we were talking before offline, my, my Facebook ad results hundred percent validate everything you're saying. We'll spare them the details, but <laughs> I can tell you yeah. all of this is, is totally true. Uh, let me ask you, this maybe kind of getting into the weeds a little bit, but I'm curious the warm-up ad, the objective there is really just to build a relationship. We want them to know you, know who you are, know a little bit about what you do and be positioned in their minds. The invite them in ad, is it better in the invite them in ad to also do it on video because they've seen your face once and when they see it again, they'll make that connection? 
You know, it actually depends. I've run it. I've run it a couple ways. So sometimes what I do on the invite them in ad is that the ad itself will be uh, an image, just like a picture that says, you know, get this thing. But when they click over to the landing page, there's an, a video that says, here's what you're going to get. Um, and then I've tested it the other way where it's the video on the ad and just an image on the page. And it kind of depends on the audience. So you just have to test. Um, but, you know, depending on how much you've warmed them up. So if they've seen, you know, two or three of your videos and they feel pretty confident with who you are, um, sometimes just a really simple image will work really, really well. And on that note, what's your take on lead ads? Is that I don't hear people talking about it as much. Is that still a thing? Good idea? Bad idea? Um, so I've tested lead ads a number of times. I haven't tested them in the last couple months, but I've um, I've not had great. I, I've had better conversion numbers when I send them to a landing page. I don't love lead ads myself. <clears throat> okay. All right. Makes sense. So is that... Uh, I want to jump into a few other topics, but was there anything else as far as the funnel goes? Yeah. And then at the bottom of the funnel, if you were, uh, there's one more stage. So if you were trying to sell something or if you're trying to, um, like if you're trying to get somebody on the phone to have a strategy call with you, or maybe talk about becoming a client with you, I always um, urge people to think about having some bottom of the funnel, as I call them, um, offer more, um, ads where basically what you're doing is you're offering proof. So these would be, these would be ads where you're having maybe some previous customers talking about results that they've gotten from working with you. These would be ads. If you're selling a course, these would be ads where maybe you're talking about some frequently asked questions or you're having testimonials from customers or clients. Like there's just all sorts of different things that you can do there. Um, but that's another place where people often fall down and it can really hurt your sales and your conversions into sales. Um, it just depends on what your, what your funnel looks like and how you're selling. But having sort of these proof ads that really validate who you are and that you offer a lot of value to your clients are really important to retarget people with um, who've gone through and who've opted in and maybe who've attended a webinar or who've had a call with you or whatever, because it just reinforces that you really do know your stuff and that you've gotten results from other for other people and all that kind of stuff. So that's that's the third level of ads that I usually talk to people about doing. Okay. That makes sense. So I, I want to talk to you now about targeting. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of folks struggle with this, especially in kind of the B2B space. They perceive Facebook to be something that's only really useful for a B2C organization or a B2C marketer. Um, what is your best advice on how to, if you're, if you're B2B, if you're selling to other businesses, let's make that assumption. Okay. What's your best advice on how to target your customers on Facebook? Yeah, well, there's a lot of great ways to target your customers on Facebook. I mean, when you go into the targeting, there are a lot of options for finding your ideal um, targeting. So you could find um, pages that your clients would like. So for example, 
um, without giving away who I just did these ads for, I have a client that I'm doing ads for right now who is a partner of Microsoft and they target people who buy Microsoft products. And I do Facebook ads for them. And, um, and so we have to find these businesses that um, are, are really specific that are Microsoft partners. And so what we do is we go find um, people who, you know, uh, like certain Microsoft pages that like certain Microsoft products, like you can get really specific um, that like certain tech blogs, um, pages on there, you know, you can go super specific for that. Um, targeting within Facebook can get really, uh, I mean, <laughs> You can take a long time learning all about it, but when you really get into it, there is so much that you can learn about your audience. And if you use the business manager, you can take a look at who likes your page and you can see some of the, um, the common traits amongst people who like your page and it can help you find more people like that. Um, another thing that I do too, is that if you have a list of people who are clients, or who've opted in for your stuff, and you feel like those are potential clients, you can upload those to Facebook and say, find me more people like this. And often if you do that, if you have a list of, let's say, you know, three, four, 500 people, you can usually, Facebook can usually find you another million people like that, at least. Okay. So that's, I want to go there for a minute. I wanted to talk about lookalike audiences, but since you brought it up, so mm -hmm. what's what's kind of like, is there like a minimum like number of people? And I know there's a few ways, right? You've got the the email list, you've got the your website visitors, you can you can do a lookalike on video views. Is there like a minimum viable audience for lookalikes to be effective? It depends on how niche your audience is, right? And what your budget is. You know, if you have, let's say that you have an audience. That's a, that's a really good question because it depends if you want to spend, let's say $5 a day and you have an audience of 2 million people, that's way too much for your budget. But if you have an audience of like, you know, 50,000 and you want to spend $5 a day, that's great. You're going to be able to really get in there and you're not, not going to max out your budget. Uh, on the other hand, if you want to spend $1,000 a day and you have an audience of, you know, 50,000, that's terrible because you're going to run out of people really fast. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. And I, what I find is that when you use the framework that you just provided us, the funnel, the three steps, then I almost feel like, mm -hmm. and I don't know if you agree with this, but I almost feel like you don't need to be so nitpicky about the targeting. I think people kind of get stuck on the targeting because they think, well, it's not specific enough. Like I'll give you an example, right? So one of my um, interest groups that I target is people that like Entrepreneur Magazine, okay? Mm -hmm. Most people mm -hmm. who like Entrepreneur Magazine are not in my target audience. They're, they're not. Probably like nine out of 10 are not, right? But that's fine. That's my warm-up ad. I'm putting videos out and then I'm retargeting people who watch those videos with more ads. So they're self-identifying as the right person for my stuff by consuming the content. And that's how I'm filtering them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, I a hundred percent agree. And I mean, you can get more specific, like you could say like entrepreneur magazine, they're a Facebook page admin, which means that they have a, a business page. 
you know, maybe they have a minimum amount of income, uh, you know, like you could get a little more specific if you wanted to, but I, I don't worry as much about that stuff. Um, because like you said, they're self-identifying and, and I, what I worry more about is when I get more into the funnel, are they converting? Um, and if not, what needs to change at the top? Um, but I just, I mean, if, if you're putting out content that's specific to your, to what you're selling, um, somebody who would never be interested in buying that, they're not going to watch your video. Um, they're going to click right away. And so, like you said, they're, they're self-identifying. I mean, I, I would put a few more qualifiers out there. Like I do put you know, some income things. Usually I do put, um, maybe some geographical things, uh, to make sure that I'm getting in the right areas and that kind of stuff. But I, I don't get as super nitpicky for the most part. I mean, there are, t- I, as I'm, as I'm thinking through this, I'm like, there are times where I am super picky, um, depending on what my, what my ultimate goal is. But, but sometimes at the top of the funnel, I want to just see what happens. And on the back end, do you use the business manager or do you use just a regular ads manager? Yeah, no business manager. Yeah. So when you go into the business manager, you can get so much detail about who is paying attention and and what's happening. And so you can really troubleshoot on the back end really quickly and make sure that you're getting the right people. And, uh, and so I, I guess I do a lot of that work and I just double check things all the time. Yeah. I mean, you can afford to be picky like that because in the end, you're the, you're the Facebook ads expert here, right? But <laughs> I think for the average person who maybe they're just dabbling right now, they're not at a stage where they can hire an experienced Facebook ad manager. Right. I mean, my advice would be keep it simple. Don't overthink it. You can get fancy later on. And I think your point about having that kind of funnel view is, is really important, right? Don't just look at one ad or two ads. The question is, are you getting people to convert at a reasonable cost? And you've got to define conversion. For most of our audience here, consultants, service providers, conversion is either going to be a conversation or a lead on an email list. Yep. Right. So if you're getting those numbers at a reasonable cost, and again, cost is, you know, that that's relative to what you're selling. So a lot of people freak out if, if it costs them, you know, $50, $60 to have a conversation. But if you're selling something the thousands of dollars, that's not bad at all. Right. Right. Yeah. As long as you know what your numbers are. If you know I need to have 10 conversations to get a $3,000 sale and each of those conversations is going to cost me whatever, 20 bucks. I, am I still making money? Yes. Then it's then it's good. Maybe I can just work on making that to eight conversations or six conversations. You know, you just have to know what your numbers are so that you know if you're making money or not. Yeah. And a lot of times I find that knowing what your numbers are, that does require a little bit of experimentation. And you you should expect to spend a little bit of money without an immediate ROI just to get the funnel working. Would you would you agree with that? Yeah, because you have to you have to be willing to test, especially, you know, you should be willing to test at least a week maybe 10 days, um, just to make sure that people are clicking through, you know, things are not going to work perfectly every time straight out of the gate. Um, and so you need to have a little bit to test, but you know, for top of the funnel, you know, you might be testing 
you know, $60, $70. Like it's not a huge amount of money that you're testing with. Um, and, and for middle of the funnel, like you don't have to test again, tons and tons of, of dollars. It's more about just keeping your eye on the ball and saying, okay, if I have, um, let's say at the top of the funnel, if I'm getting, you know, a thousand people a week to pay attention to my videos and I'm moving them to the, to the, you know, invite them in stage, um, how many of those thousand are converting? Um, and, and is that a reasonable amount? And just making sure that you keep your eye on the, on the numbers and, and seeing like, am I attracting the right people? It's just constantly asking questions and saying, okay, if I tweak this just a little bit, what's going to happen here? I, I know it, I get super excited about all those numbers because again, it's being really intentional about how you're driving your business forward and how you're attracting those people and what they're paying attention to. And so when something doesn't work, I never really take it personally. I just say, okay, that clearly isn't hitting the mark. What can I do? Like, what can I change just a little bit that could maybe attract them a little bit more? And, you know, I don't know how many tests you've run, but it is amazing how sometimes just a different picture or a different headline can really make a huge change in how people react to your, to your ad. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's And that's great advice. Michelle, I know we've covered a lot of ground. We went all over the place as expected. I told you we would, right? Yeah. <laughs> but we've covered a lot of ground and that's and that's really amazing. Anything that we haven't talked about yet that you think is important to mention? Um, no, I think just making sure that um, you're really clear on the path that you want to take people through before you jump into ads. I mean, I, I love Facebook ads, but whenever I talk to people about them, I'm always like, okay, what are you trying to get to? Is it a call? Is it a webinar? Is it, you know, a sales page? Like where, where are you trying to take people with this and then work your way back so that you can have a really clear path for people to get from, you know, the warm up to invite them in, to offer them more just so that they're, so that they're already ready, um, without maybe even knowing it. Um, but they're they're getting ready as they go through your ad path to um, buy whatever it is that you're offering. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. Strategy before tactics is a is a oft repeated mantra here at Boutique Growth. So I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Michelle, tell folks where they can find you if they want to learn more from you. Yeah, the best place to find me is probably my website. It's michellelevans.com. Awesome, and we will drop a link to that in the show notes to this episode over at forecast.fm slash Michelle. Michelle, it's been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show and um, all the best. Thank you, you too. Hey, it's Ahmed here again. Before I let you go, there are two things I want you to do. The first is if you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play by visiting forecast.fm and clicking on the relevant link. While you're at it, please do leave us a rating or a review because it helps more people discover the show. The second thing is I want you to grab my free course on the five P's of lead generation for professional services firms. Inside the course, you will get a step-by-step -step framework to help you generate a flood of new business for your firm. The course is 100% free of charge and you can get immediate access at 5leadgen.com and you can spell out five or use the number, either one works. That's 5leadgen.com. Thanks for listening.